0: So if you see it, we see it too, and we don't need your emails about it, though. We love you dearly. <laughs> if you somehow made it today in here, and this is your first time, we're so glad you're here, you snuck in somehow, and um, and we're thankful that you're here with us. You're welcome to fill out a card. We'd love to know who you are. You can drop it in the uh, black boxes in the back, and, um, and we would love to know that you gathered with us. But really, this is just Amplify Church family at this point, and we're really thankful that uh, here you are and um, that you're with us, helping us work the kinks out until we get to maybe September. And um, if you've continued to give, I just want to tell you, thank you so much that you have continued to help us uh, work through um, this season of COVID and all the things that go with that. And so I just want to say thank you for partnering with us. You've been a blessing to to me and to my family and to this church we're opening kids ministry back up next week from zero to four and every week we'll open up just a little bit more so that's good but the kids have done amazingly well haven't they i mean i've been so thankful but you guys have handled extremely well um and so uh we're glad for them uh yesterday two things happened two things that were awesome i thought the building and grounds committee which keeps uh, track of all of our land now is headed by todd kennedy he was out here with a group of guys danny elias and and uh, They were mowing and weed eating, and they were doing all the things that take to keep a property together. And I just want to say thanks for not just expecting to show up, but actually putting the work in. And then, on top of all that, uh, the Becks, Connor and—oh, um, what's Connor's dad's name? Pat. Connor and Pat. I don't know if they're here. They were out there mowing. A teenager was mowing the yard yesterday uh, to help us get ready. I just thought that was so cool. And, uh, and I want to say thank you. Then yesterday at 10 o'clock, we had communion and prayer. Uh, we were able to come together and, and, uh, and pray and take communion. To, and it was just a, it was a beautiful time. So we're in this series called Dangerous Prayers. And one of the things that I've told you is that as we kind of do our soft launch and as Amplify family kind of comes together and we figure out our new normal, I kept hearing myself say, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. And I think the Lord told me, If you will gather the people of Amplify to call on my name, then in accordance with my will, I will answer those prayers as you uh, reach people with the gospel. So I've just called you to pray with me. One of the things we did that my wife said I explained as clear as mud last week was that we were doing 21 days of prayer from last Sunday through September 6th. You can go to our website and you can uh, download a prayer guide, 21 days every day. We are... Um, praying and reading specific scriptures together, and then at 9 p.m., we post on Facebook and YouTube a video of some kind that allows you to either watch that and lead your family through it, or uh, personally go through that. Uh, we just want to we want to spend um, a concerted effort of time together asking the Lord to hear uh, our prayers. And Then on Saturdays at 10 a.m., we come here, and you're welcome to come at any point between 10 and 11 and pray and um, read the scriptures. And uh, take communion. So, sorry if I was a little bit fuzzy on that, but 21 days and, um, and 9 p.m. and then 10 a.m. on Saturdays. So, we're in this uh, series, Dangerous Prayers. And Last week, I, t- I told you, nobody's listening. Now, nobody's listening to anybody else. Everybody's getting mad at each other. But the Bible tells us that through prayer, through the, the discipline of prayer, God hears us. So, we, we say we're praying these dangerous prayers. God, forgive me. God, change me. God, humble me. God lead me, God use me. And and this week we look at another dangerous prayer, literally the the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Yesterday I broke down, I'm just going to tell you, and bought a grill. So my grill broke before COVID, and then when I went to get a grill at Lowe's, You guys had bought your grills ahead of me, and there were none left. And they wouldn't ship it to me and put it together. I don't put things together because they always go poorly, so they wouldn't bring it to me. And so yesterday, I finally had had enough, and I went and I bought a little Weber grill. You know the charcoal one? You know the $70 one, the cheapo? And it came in a box, and I took it home, and I put it together, and then I YouTubed. What do I do next? because let me be honest. I'm going to be a man that's honest. Charcoal grills have always owned me. Anybody feel like that? Any men want to admit that? Wow, wow. None. Okay, great. So only one would admit it in the first service, but him and I stand together, and I always do terrible on charcoal grills. So i will YouTube it, and the YouTube told me, <laughs> the YouTube, the YouTube told me to, uh, to take a, a chimney starter. You know what that is? It's like the little cylinder, and you put the The bricks on top, and you put some paper underneath, and you light it, and you dump it out, and they're already hot by the time you start to cook. And it was amazing. And so I I put the, uh, the charcoals out, and then I put the steaks on there, and I brought them in. And I'm not kidding you. They actually tasted really good. It's the first time in my entire life that I went to the store, put something together, actually cooked something, and it tasted good. Seriously. And it was an amazing experience. But I'm going to be honest with you. When I did that little uh, charcoal chimney thing, it felt like I was cheating. <laughs> felt like I was cheating because it just was, was too easy. When we talk about prayer, sometimes we want to make it a lot more difficult than it really is. And Jesus basically says, you want a template to pray, like a, a prayer that I'm willing to hear? Then you take this almost cheat sheet, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and you pray these words. We're going to talk through these this week and next week. This is what he says. If, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. So verse 9 and 10 this week, verse 11 and 12 next week. And, and really, I just want you to, to, to walk you through how we pray so that when we pray, God hears us and our prayers go past the ceilings yesterday at 10 o'clock when we came to pray i prayed in here with my wife and my daughter and um and my wife prayed about some things i prayed about some things and my daughter and we kind of just split it up and right before my daughter prayed she said do i have to pray a long time It's just the three of us do i have to pray a long time And she's asking the same thing we ask when we talk about uh prayer do i have to sound smart do I have to have a long prayer? Do I have to, do I have to really get fancy and, and all that? The answer is no. In fact, as a pastor, I've listened to people who have given beautiful prayers. And then as a pastor, I've also listened to those who couldn't get a thought to string together. And I've seen people pray beautiful prayers and three days later find out their life wasn't close to Jesus at all. And all they had done was give us a beautiful speech while our eyes were closed. And I've got people right now every day and every Sunday that pray for me who would never stand up in front of the church, but pray specifically for the Holy Spirit to move and for God to keep his hand on my life. And they wouldn't wouldn't pray in front of anybody, but I wouldn't trade their prayers for the world. And I've heard um, oftentimes that people will, will respect somebody who can or can't pray, but the Bible doesn't really teach that public prayer is necessarily something that should be used uh, to be a leader. The Bible says actually that there's some differences in, in um, what the Bible says than what we sometimes think, that, that we shouldn't be flashy and showy, that it indicates there are three ways we actually should approach God in prayer. There's a pastor named Marty Grubbs who, um, he, he says this, and I, I take this from him. He said there are three ways to approach God, privately, and personally, right? If you're taking notes, privately and personally. I mean, three times Jesus says to his disciples before we get to the Lord's Prayer, he says, not, don't worship like the hypocrites do to be seen and get credit. Uh, ver- verse um, 2, when you do a charitable deed or when you do good, the Bible says, don't sound like a trumpet before the hypocrites in the synagogue and in the streets so that they have glory. As Surely I say to you, you have received your reward. Verse 5, and when you pray, you shall not sound like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, in the corner streets, and they have been seen by men. And again, that is their reward. And then he goes on to verse 16, say, when you fast, don't do it like the hypocrites, where you look like you're really struggling. He said, they disfigure their face and they appear to be fasting. He said, no, they have gotten their reward. In either case, whether it's a, a good deed, whether it's um, prayer in public, or whether it's fasting, you do it privately and personally so the Lord hears your cry. And you aren't seen by men and receive your reward. But then he says also, not only that, but you also do it honestly. You do it honestly. Humility helps up with honesty. We talked about that last week. Here's my question. Why in the world would you ever lie in prayer? I mean, prayer is telling God what he already knows about you. (laughs) Why in the world would you lie about it? I mean, as a child of the king, I can... Sometimes be completely honest and sometimes be a little bit, um, I'll withhold my honesty when it comes to God. And yet he knows. There have been seasons in my life where I've been more vulnerable than others. Have you ever thought about trying to get brutally honest in prayer? What if you prayed a dangerous prayer that was brutally honest this week? Something like, God, I don't know what to do in my life. God, I have no purpose that actually matters. Help. Lord, I'm a sinner. And here's how I've sinned today. Forgive me. Jesus, give me the grace so I don't slap the living daylights out of my coworker. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I need your favor today for the assignment I had. Here's a real honest one. Lord, I love my family. But I don't seem to like my husband or wife anymore. Rekindle that flame for me. God, help me to dive into your word, help my prayer life, help me to help me to get my prayers above the ceiling. You see, here we are in this world and we're weary and we're worn. If I could tell you a couple of words that seem to describe everybody, it is worn out. I mean, we have no less than um, four or five uh, things going on that that would be considered a crisis, by itself a public health crisis an economic crisis a political crisis a racial crisis and in the middle of all this we could have whatever personal crises come our way crises and we're worn out worn out but the bible says jesus says you come to me who are weary and worn and i will give you rest i will take your burden and i'll give you a yoke that is light and the world is harsh but jesus says i'm gentle And the world is arrogant, but Jesus is humble. And the the times are hard, but Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. And so the Lord teaches us to pray in Matthew 6 like this. The first thing he says, if you're taking notes, is this, our Father, literally our Father, right? Not just mine alone, but ours. And he is mine, but not mine only. He's our Father together. The Bible calls those who believe in Jesus children of God. And there are lots of, um, of lone range Christians these days who have lots of opinions. In fact, when I talk to my friends who are pastors, I feel bad for them because they'll talk about my church is like in some kind of uh, internal civil war between each other and, and everybody's taking sides and everybody's divided and people are leaving and people are mad and, and people are frustrated and, and I'm getting all this email and every Monday morning I dread opening my email and I think to myself, I feel so sorry for you because my church ain't doing that. And if you decide to do that, you can send your emails to Powell at gmail.com <laughs> who is our former pastor who lives in Illinois. He would love to hear from you. But I think to myself, Lord, give us grace for the day when we don't agree on some things and we've worn ourselves flat thin. And so many people think, I could be a long-range Christian. I don't, have to, I don't have to have anybody in authority over my life or I don't, I don't like doing what other people want to do or I can interpret the Bible the way I want to or I don't want to talk about tithe or sacrifice or, or serving the body of Christ. I mean, there are some who believe that you can love Christ and despise the body of Christ So you can be a Christian without the body and I believe in this day and age they're being proved to be dead wrong. Anybody in their brother can be a cynic now. It, it's easy to be cynical. It requires nothing but disdain, but to be prophetic and to still love that which you see needs help and stick with it. That's what Christ calls the Christian to do. Help the body become healthy. Help it become more like me. Help it, the world, to see how beautiful I am. But stop throwing stones at the body of Christ. And the Bible literally says that we are to gather together as God's people. That that that's why COVID is so hard for us. We're not made to sit at home all the time, or always be on computers, or or we weren't made to be alone. I mean, take this in for just a moment. The Bible says that He watches over both your coming and your going. That. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, that he loves you as far as the east is from the west, and that he sent his son Jesus to die just for you. Now, look across the aisle at somebody. Go ahead. Oof. all right, go go ahead. Go ahead. Right? He did the exact same thing for them. And so whether they have a different income than you, or different skin color, or uh, a different opinion on politics, or, or a different upbringing, whatever it is, they might think differently than you, or be different than you, but he sent Jesus to die for them too, and he calls us a faith family, that we are um, his children. Last week when I stood up in the service uh, for our first Sunday here, and trying to get all our wits together, and, and just trying to figure it out, and it was a lot of chaos, but it came together, I think, and you were so faithful to come. When I stood up in the second service to speak, I thought I heard somebody say, Hey, Daddy. Hey, Daddy. I thought, well, I'm looking at my children. Ain't none of them say that. Like, oh, my goodness. Well, my wife and I are foster parents, and we've been work- walking through this process, and you've been gracious to um, listen to my stories at times about it. But I've been kind of, I've been a little bit private about it, but within. Uh, our foster care journey, there's also been another family that we help out because if you go on vacation, you have to have another foster care family keep your child, right? We don't trust you people. You have to be certified by foster care. All right. So so we find certain people. Well, they've used us as well. And so that family was here. And so when I stood up, the little girl saw me and said, hey, daddy, right? <laughs> little Hispanic girl. I think to myself, when people come to this church, how many, how many wives do they think I have? You know, we're super white. We have a, a black child in our home, and now a Hispanic baby's calling him daddy. What is going on? We were walking out of the house one day, my son and I, who's 11, and, and this little girl, she said, bye, daddy. We looked at each other. I said, man, I got too many. She must be talking to you. <laughs> you know <laughs> And yet that's what the Bible says we're supposed to do. We're supposed to say, daddy, father. Drop the formality. Drop all the fancy speak and just say, hey, Dad, I need to talk to you for a second. Hey, Father, I need to speak to you. And literally, the, the Bible says that God stops and listens. And then it says, our Father who art in heaven, right? So the Bible tells us that Jesus is creator and sustainer. The farther away that we get from uh, a Christian worldview, the, the, the farther away we get from, um, from believing in Jesus as a country, believing in God, the, 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 the farther we get from that, we start to not really see God as creator and sustainer, and we forget how short life really is. In fact, we only remember how short life is when we lose somebody or somebody around us gets sick. And we have this tendency to think we're self-made and self-sustainers. It's tough, isn't it? It's more, it's more as the society drifts, we start to think we're the sustainer of our life. But I'm going to tell you right now, no matter exercise or clean eating or face mask, or meditation will keep you alive longer than God intended for you to stay here. Now, that isn't isn't free reign to go eat all the Twinkies and Ho-Hos and whatever you want to do. Like, take care of yourself, right? But when it comes down to it, he's the creator and he's the sustainer. The Bible says one of the first descriptions of God as creator in Genesis chapter 1, it said he created what? The heavens and the earth. In John chapter 1, it says, through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Hebrews chapter 1 and he is the and in his radiance is his glory in the exact reputa- representation of his nature and he upholds all things by the power of his word. In my opinion whoever created Legos was a sick person. <laughs> anybody ever been there? Has anybody ever stepped on a Lego barefoot? Oh man, that's horrible pain. Which This is not a conversation, son. (laughs) What you should have done in the 80s was you should have invested in Legos. Did you know that? You should have invested in Legos. From 1980s, there's been a higher return on Legos than gold most years and most stocks. From 1980 to 2014, it's been an 11% return year over year. And if you had bought Legos at the price and held them and then flipped them or sold them at... In mint condition, they would have been worth about six hundred and thirteen percent of what you paid for them. Is that crazy? So a Lego a Lego set makes a kid think they're creating, and then they're sustaining their creation. You ever seen a kid put together like a firehouse with like slides and a fire truck? And then what do they do? They've created this thing. They take it and they put it on a shelf so that it doesn't get broken, so that it's sustained. Have you ever heard the cries of a child who put together a Lego set and drops it and it breaks and just crushes on the floor? Have you ever heard that? And it makes me think to myself, what is wrong with us? We made a, we made a toy that you put together and breaks apart, and then we get upset when they break apart, right? Just Just to be completely honest, I've always wanted to take a baseball bat to just one Lego set. Anyway, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. So not that you'll know of anyway so but but what i know is that the bible basically says to us that like like that fragile creation that's what your life is like the bible says it's short it's sweet and that it's a it's a it's a it's created by god and it's sustained only by Him. One of the things I love about pastoring is that I get to share great moments with you. Um, I'll share things like um, your baby dedications. We haven't done any lately, but uh, we're kind of piling them up all for once. And Or I'll do weddings or I'll do birthdays I've been invited to. Or I'll, I'll do, I'll come to um, I'll come to a wedding reception or a wedding, wedding anniversary. I don't know why I said I do birthday parties, like I'm a clown or something. <laughs> I only attend them and eat your cake. Anyway, so and I love those moments. But one of the things is I um, also walk with you through some of your dark moments. And so I'll, I'll walk with you when you're sick or um, in the hospital or when a spouse is sick or um, when you're in a wheelchair and you can't believe this or you, you have suddenly been put on oxygen and you can't figure it out or you, or you just can't find out what's wrong with you or your faith starts to wane or you're not sure that what you believed you now believe. Some of those darker moments... It's my privilege, though sometimes it's difficult to walk with you. And during COVID, what has been frustrating is that mostly those things have been over the phone or not in person or who, you know, we like having people at our house, but who can come over? It's just, just You realize that life is so fragile and we'd be better off leaving the creation and the sustaining in almighty God's hands. And then he goes on to say, how would be your name? In other words, God, you're holy. In the Old Testament, the Bible is described in ways like a burning bush. Where Moses comes and God speaks And he realizes for a second I'm on holy ground So he takes his shoes off In the New Testament The Bible describes God as holy And gives the mandate Be holy as he is holy One of the best um, books I read in college Was a book named Holiness for Ordinary People And it described for me How holy God was And how a person should act Holy like God And then it described The difficulty of doing that because we are imperfect. This is what you should be, but it's very difficult for you to do that. What do you do? Well, the Bible says you clothe yourselves in the righteousness and in the strength of Christ. So when God sees you, he actually sees Jesus, not your fault. He sees the perfection of Christ. In the Old Testament, there are all these laws that were laid out. It became very evident very quickly. We could not follow those laws. But in the New Testament, it comes very clear that Jesus is the new covenant. So in the Old Testament, when they sacrificed things and they burnt, did burnt offerings and, and had to do all these different acts, Jesus is the new covenant sacrifice and he covers us and saves us from the distance we created from God. And the Bible literally says you are doomed without Jesus, which is why we thank God for the cross and Jesus' sacrifice and his resurrection. That's why we are, the Bible says, grafted into his family. All right, play this ridiculous game with me for a second. I want you to turn to someone near you and tell them in five words or less how to get your Southerner card revoked. Okay? How many of you guys are Southerners? How many of you guys uh, grew up in the South, you've never moved away, or this is where you... Okay, not that many. How many of you guys have moved here? Wow, okay. How many of you guys consider yourself Southern? All right. So, turn to the person beside you and tell them within five words or less how you would get your Southerner card revoked. I'll give you an example. You ready? Duncan over Krispy Kreme. See? right okay here's another one just to give you an example your your southern card would be revoked if you said something like this you got you guys want some pop yeah you just you say that your card's gone okay all right all right turn to somebody beside you tell them how you think within five words or less your southern card could be revoked go ahead give it a shot All right, here we go. Here's something that I've heard. Actually, I just heard somebody say, I hate NASCAR. All right, here, here the, here's one that would you get your card revoked. What are grits? Yeah. Anybody never tried grits before? Ramona. Anybody over here? Wow. When we lived in South Carolina, they used to put grits and shrimp together. A little bit of gravy. hmm Right, here's one to get your card revoked. I don't like Duke's mayonnaise. I hate red hot dogs. Yeah, yeah. You feel that? You can't say that here, yeah? Oh, yeah, you can't say that. I would like some unsweet tea. Here's one I like. This will get your card revoked. No to gizzards livers and collards. right you like those let me tell you this when the bible talks about the card for you as a christ follower when he says that you're grafted into the family when we talk about holiness the bible says that god graciously grants you the right to be part of the club because of christ No matter how good you pray, no matter matter what you have found in your life to be the case, when you call on the name of Christ, you're part of the family. And I thank God sometimes that he doesn't look at me in the ways I think I am, but he looks at me for who I really am. And when he looks at me, he sees Christ. Because if he looked at me, you wouldn't find um, holiness 100% of the time. You would find holy some of the time. You would find right some of the time. But a lot of the times you would find somebody who's got a lot of work to do. So we look to him and pray to him. We say, we understand you are perfect and we are not. And here's the hardest thing of all the the prayers that we'll talk about. And it's the fourth thing. Your kingdom come, your will be done, Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven. Maybe the hardest lesson to pray of all of these that we walk through, your kingdom, because we want our kingdom and your way, but we really want our way. And here, as it is there, we really want it to be about us, but heaven is not about you. The Washington Times recently reported that a delegate named A.J. Durbin led the Pledge of Allegiance recently, and this is what he said. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. He'd removed from under God. There were two caucuses that met at a, a political convention uh, recently, and they recited the same prayers, and they are posted online, and one was a person kicking off a Muslim meeting, and another was kicking off an LGBT meeting, and they showed, um, they showed the pledge being recited, and they again omitted under God. And literally, like in Jesus' day, he rode in on a donkey of peace. They expected him to ride in on a stallion and be a war hero. And he said, my kingdom is different. My kingdom is different. He said, he said I come to you as a, as a different kind of savior. One you need. One with authority. One with power. One who covers you and your sin. But it's under God. God help us when we get to the point where we think we don't need to say anymore, under God and in Christ. As long as you come through these doors, we're going to continually to continue to to say we are under God and we are in Christ. That Christ rules and reigns. That when it talks about Him being holy, then we're going to pursue whatever He says pursue, and we're going to stop whatever He says stop. When He says step, we step. When He says go, we go. When He says Stand still, we stand still. Right now, I think he says to us, call on my name. So we do that because we know that we do not have it all together. We are not creators and sustainers. We, we are not God Almighty, but we can come to him and he hears and answers our prayers with the righteousness and the peace that, that surpasses all understanding, the Bible says, for those who call on the name of the Lord. I want to um, I want to close and I want to pray for you today, and I want to tell you a couple of things. I hope you take away from from this. I hope one of the things you do, men, is you start to lead your families in prayer. This is a little awkward sometimes. Lot, my wife and I always pray on Saturday. This is a true story. We always pray on Saturday night for the service today, and we pray together other times, but that's when we like really, really, really pray. And um, and so I had taken some medicine. So when she said, do you want to pray? I said, you better make this fast. <laughs> you ever been there? But the reality is, is that it shouldn't be very um, odd for a husband who believes in God to lead his family to the throne. So I want you to take this time at 9 p.m. to go to YouTube or go to Facebook or, or lead your family through the, um, the downloaded uh, prayer guide for one. Two, I think also you ought to start memorizing this Lord's Prayer, start quoting it together at your table when you sit down and when you stand up and when you come in and when you go out and all the things you do when you go to school and come home and work and home and you ought to recite and continue to recall the Lord's Prayer in your family. And lastly, this, this is what I hope you'll take away from today. I hope you will ask God in what ways does, he, does his will conflict with your will? In what, what ways does he want to move that you aren't down with right now. And so God, help me to come in line with your will and your way and your purpose. Why don't you stand with me let me pray for you today. Lord, we love you today and what we, what we really want to say is we want your will, not our wishes. We want you to guide us. We don't want to be on this path of our own making. We need you to keep us in the lane. Following your spirit, Lord, I pray today for those who hear my voice, who came to church, and God, they've been gracious to me as their pastor, and they've been gracious as a church to to walk all these days. And and yet, God, we know that you hear our prayers, and we know you've told us to call on your name. So, God, every day this week, when a family calls on your name, we pray you'd hear that cry. And on you know, Saturdays, when they come together for communion, God, hear our prayers. And, God, when we recite the Lord's Prayer and we think about these words and that you're our Father and you're holy and you're the creator and sustainer, God, give us grace for a world that does not understand your beauty and help us to amplify that beauty into their brokenness. Not letting them see us, but letting them see Jesus Christ. And for that, we'll give you the glory. We love you, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen. We love you so much.